stuff that uh, the Spirit of God is just dropping on me in the moment. And uh, sometimes I get to share some of the things that the Lord, uh, that I prepared, but most of the time it's not much of what I'd prepared or what I thought we were going to cover. But I think it's been, it's been helpful, it's been good, and uh, definitely the Lord has been speaking to us. So um, just a reminder of last week, we, we talked about um, uh, getting a word from God, having a word from God. So we, we're, we've been talking about supernatural increase and talking about God's blessing in the area of finance and uh, talking about how that uh, a lot of people believe that, um, that all that's required from us to receive God's blessing in our finances is now do we do Joe we want to do we want to do something up front or we want to wait we go okay all right <laughs> uh well kind of <laughs> um but we talked about how that uh, a lot of, a lot of people believe the only requirement to 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 get over there and to to break through financially or to function in God's blessing uh, financially is uh, all that's required from us is that we be uh, tithers and offering givers. When in reality, that's only one, that's only one facet. That's only one part of what uh, is required from the believer. There are qualifications. And we, one of the things that I wanted to establish last week was the fact that um, the blessing of God isn't automatic. If, it, if the blessing of God was automatic, of course, salvation is for the whole world. But not everyone's going to be saved, even though it's God's will for that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Not everyone will be saved because, uh, you know, God, God uh, has given man free will. And because he's given us free will, God's blessings don't just automatically work. Now, all, let me say this also. There are times when, <laughs> and, and you can see this in Scripture, there are times when God shows up for people and he does things for people and he does it out of his mercy and out of the love that he has for us. It's kind of like a parent. You know, my son, growing up, we had rules and I, I would tell him, I said, you know, I don't, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, reward bad behavior. If you're going to behave badly, then don't expect to be rewarded. Now, we will reward good behavior. That's not necessarily how God is, but here's, here's the deal. We have rules in this house, and if you will follow these rules, then you can count on things being good for you. But if you don't follow the rules, it's going to get way hard for you up in here because in this house is God, and then it's me. And he probably ain't going to stop me from doing whatever I got to do to get it straight. And so, you know, uh, he, he wasn't doing real good with his grades, in fact, I, uh, he, was, he was asking me, Dad, can I buy a video game? Can you give me, you know, I think he, he, wanted, he only wanted like 20 bucks. Can you give me $20 for this video game? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I said, let me, let me get on the parent portal, uh, the parental portal for the school, and let's see where you're at in your homework. Let's see what you've been doing. Because he was skipping a lot of assignments. He was get, he, him and my daughter had a way of being able to calculate how to make, how to do minimum work and make the maximum 
grade that they needed to make. So they knew exactly what they needed to get, exactly what they needed to score, how much homework they needed to do to stay at the level that would be okay with dad, which I guess they were putting more effort in, in walking that thin line <laughs> than they were at just doing what they could do. But uh, I got online and sure enough, he had assignments that he hadn't done. And I said, boy, you're asking me for money and you got assignments that you didn't do? I said, uh, let me think about it. No. No, 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 no. You could do your homework. I know you. I said, here's the thing. I said, if you had gotten a 53, a 42 on the assignment, I would have probably given you the money because you tried. I said, but when there's a zero there, that means you put forth no effort. You didn't even hand anything in, and I'm not rewarding no effort. If you had put forth an effort and were failing, that would be one thing. I said, but you're not putting forth any effort. So video game, absolutely not. Then he looked at me, and he was like, please, Dad. It's, it's on sale. It's going to go up. It's going to double in price. To, at midnight tonight, it doubles in price. <laughs> And he would, he would, but there was this look in his face, and I recognized the look. It was a look that I recognized. I had, I had that look at one time or you know another, and I had been in a, such a you know in a desperate place, like he had been. And something came over me. You know what it was? Mercy. Mercy. You know, I looked at him. And because I love my son, and he's my beautiful son, and I looked at him, and, and that look that he had reminded me of when he was just a little kid, and he was looking up at me, Dad, please, Dad. And he just melted my heart, you know. And so I looked at him, I said, dirty rat. I said, boy, you need to do your homework. I said, uh, go ahead and get the game. He's like, really? Really, Dad? Are you serious? I said, yes. Oh, Dad. I'm going to love you forever. I'll never ask you for another thing ever again. Dad, you're just the best. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? But that, that was one time that I didn't follow the rules because of mercy, because of the love that I had for And there are times that God has done that for man. Where we weren't operating in faith and he touched us anyhow. But, but here's the thing. We don't live by that. That's not how it, the just live how? By Amen. By faith in what? By faith in God's word. And so we have to live by faith. We can't count on God always being gracious and merciful toward us when we put forth, forth no effort to uh, believe his promises. In fact, you know, uh, the word encourages us to do that. And so we live by faith. But there are times, and this is, I think this is, what hard, this is what's hard for believers, is that there are times when God shows up and we're like, well, man, I wasn't even believing nothing. I didn't even believe. And pastor said you had to believe. Well, if pastor said you had to believe and I didn't believe and God did it for me anyhow, either pastor's wrong or, you know, I don't know, man. Here's the thing. That's, that's the thing that we don't, that we don't um, add to the equation is that there, there are times when God looks at us and he looks in our face and he sees our puppy dog eyes and because of his grace and his love and his mercy toward us, he, you know, he, he moves on our behalf even though we're not in the place where we need to be concerning our faith and uh, believing his promises and knowing what his word said. It's just by his grace and his love and his mercy for us that he does these things. But it's not all the time. Right. Right. 
try to live that way in your house with parents that, you know, would, Gabby couldn't live that way in my house. He couldn't count on me always saying, okay. Right. No, there was some times I took him over my knee and, and warmed his bottom. And, you know, those, those times he was like, take it easy, Dad. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> what was it that he said when I had him in Michael's room, Mama? Um, Don't go crazy on me, Dad. <laughs> Don't go crazy on me, he said. That kid is nuts. Anyhow, <laughs> but, uh, but we, want, we, want, we, we know, though, that God always responds to faith. Right. Say this with me. Say, God, God. always responds God. to faith. 100% of the time. He may not respond the way you think he should, but 100% of the time, God always responds to faith every time every time amen that's his word that's his promise so uh we established that we also we also were we were able to establish that because it's not automatic we have a role to play that there's uh there's the god factor and then there's the man factor that we we intentionally have to work together with god to see these things through if we're going to see them manifested in our life and then when we ended we ended talking about how that our seed really isn't uh, money or our finances, but the seed is the word of God. And when we have a word from God, that's, where, that's really where prosperity and supernatural increase begin, is when we are settled, when we have a revelation. And I was just starting to talk to you about that last week before we had to quit. So, uh, so first thing I want to do is ask you this. Are there any questions in regards to anything that I've said uh, so far, maybe last week you didn't have an opportunity because I know that we were, uh, we were a bit, uh, I took a lot of time and uh, there wasn't a lot of time for questions. Anyone have any questions in regards to what we talked about last week? No. I'm going to let you think about it for a second. Roll it over. Roll it over. <laughs> now listen, folks, it's important for us to understand these, these things concerning finance because um, in the last days, it's not going to become easier on God's people in any way, shape, or form. And financially, the world and the devil aren't going to be too keen on helping God's people to fulfill God's purpose. I mean, already the world has tried to shut down the, the, uh, the believer in business. They've tried to shut down the church, uh, keep us from declaring the truth of God's word, calling it hate speech. Who'd ever thought that we would face that in this nation? I mean, 10, year, ten years ago, you'd have never dreamed of it. 20 years ago, it, it would have seemed like you were living in a nightmare for us to be facing some of the things that are a reality today in this country uh, when it comes to God's people, God's word, the church, and the government. So it's, it's, it's nuts. And it changed very rapidly. 
And I'm not trying to scare nobody. I'm just trying to tell you this. You've got to have an understanding of the Word of God. I know some of you are like, well, I'm just not into this. Here's the deal. I don't, God don't care whether you're into it or not. You, we got to be into the Word of God. Oh, we've yeah. we've got to be about the business of the kingdom, this kingdom business. And we've got to be about the business of the kingdom. We've got to be kingdom people. Uh, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're just passing through. We're strangers and pilgrims in this life. And our citizenship is in another place. And so we've, we've got to live by the principles and by the laws of that kingdom so that we can live uh, and reign as kings in this life because of that. Because the world's not going to be friendly. But God, God, amen, a greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen. All right. So uh, let's look at the, the scriptures again uh, that we had started talking about. So uh, Gal Galatians uh, 6, uh, 7 through 10 uh, is what we started last week uh, when we were talking about sowing the word. So one of, one, of the, uh, one of the things that I think is the most important is that we've got to get a rhema word from God, not just a, <laughs> one has wandered away there. But anyway, <laughs> we've, we have the written word. And then we have, uh, we, or the Logos, uh, the written word is the Logos. And then we have the Rhema word, which is uh, the living word or the spoken word or the revelatory word, however you want to call it. You know, when the Bible talks about uh, God's people are destroyed for, uh, where, where there is no vision, I'm sorry, where there is no vision, people perish. That word vision is, when you, when you interpret it, uh, the way it was written, that word vision interprets this way, where there is no prophetic word. Or in other words, where there's no rhema, where there's no living word, where there's no spoken word, where there's no word that is revelatory, uh, where there's no manifested spiritual truth, uh, where there's no revelation. People, that, that word vision and revelation can be swapped in that verse of Scripture. Where there's no revelation, it says this, people cast off restraint. Or in other words, they have nothing, they have nothing to keep them grounded. Glory to God. They've got, they've got nothing to hang their hat on. When people, when people don't have a revelation, you have nothing to hang your hat on. You cast off. In other words, you run around like a chicken with your head cut off because you don't know what to do. See, when, when trouble comes, when trouble comes to your life, you find out how much revelatory rhema word you have. Because depending on how much revelatory rhema word you have, uh, if you have a lot of revelatory rhema word, then when trouble comes, you will not run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Immediately, the word of God will begin to rise in you, and out of your mouth will not come nonsense. Out of your mouth will come what God said. Amen. You will prophesy and you will declare the word of the Lord. And you won't declare what, what, your, what your head says. You'll, now you'll hear what your head says, but your head will take a back seat to your spirit. Amen. But if you don't have a revelatory word, you know what happens the minute trouble comes? You start running around like a chicken. You start looking for a word. Listen, you don't need to be looking for a word and for a revelation from God when you're in the, when you're in the trenches and in the fox. Come on now. I mean, 
Some people wait until they're in the battle. Listen, we need to develop strategies to overcome when we're not in the middle of the battle, when bullets aren't flying by us, you know, when we're not in that, in the, in, on, the, on the front line. We've got to develop strategies to overcome when we have the opportunity, uh, when we're not in the battle. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? And so you, you, can, you can determine, so you say this, Pastor, how do we determine whether or not we're grounded in the rhema word, that we have a revelatory word from God? Well, if, if when trouble comes, you start getting over there in the flesh. Jerry Seville wrote a book one time, said, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your good. You know, some of y'all ought to go back and read that book. I'll bet, I'll bet we can find a... Tyler, will you do a search on your iPad? See if we can find it in a PDF. And uh, we'll shoot it to uh, everybody. You can read it. You won't even have to buy it. You can read it online in PDF form. Great book. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And there's only one way the devil's not able to steal your joy, and that's for you to be fully persuaded of the Word of God, of what God says about whatever situation it is that you're going through, whether, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, in your family, in your marriage, on your job, uh, in, at school, um, no, matter, no matter, at church, no matter, no matter where the trouble's at. When you, have a, when you have the word of the Lord, when you have a word from God, when you have a revelatory rhema word from God, you have joy. Amen. You know why you have joy? Because you know that you have the ingredients necessary to overcome. Glory to God. You win. The devil might be trying to declare victory, but you know you win. Amen. Shout, I win. So Galatians chapter 6, uh, let's start reading that. Is this, are y'all, are y'all with me? All right, so we're talking about revelation. Where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, the people perish. Where there is no rhema, where there is no revelatory word. So you need a revelatory word. You know what? Let me, let me spend a little more time there. Y'all remember the story of Jesus when he looked at his disciples one day and he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Y'all remember that story? Who do men say I, the son of man, am? Uh, his disciples responded this way. They said, well, some say you're Elijah. Uh, some say you're John the Baptist or, or that prophet. Some say you're, you know, this. Some say you're that. And then he said this, well, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter responded this way. Peter said, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. <laughs> and and Jesus' response to Peter was, I th it was an amazing response. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is... In other words, here's what Jesus said to Peter. You just got a rhema, revelatory word. You didn't, you didn't come to that conclusion by what you saw in the natural. You weren't moved to that place of, of faith and believing because of what you were seeing with your natural eye or by what you were feeling in your natural body. You weren't moved by your emotions. What you, what you, uh, that conclusion that you came to that I'm the Christ, the Son of the that came through revelation. God revealed that to you. Amen. And how does God reveal those things? We, we, found, we found out in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. How did that come to Peter? Did it come to Peter uh, in a, in a did, it, did Peter get a postcard that day in the mail? No. 
No. Did, did Peter pick up a Bread of Life card and pick out? <laughs> some of y'all don't even know what Bread of Life cards are. But anyway, anybody remember them Bread of Life cards? All right. He, Peter didn't go to his Bread of Life cards and pick, pick, pick out a Bread of Life card. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's not how it happened. Peter didn't hear a rumor. He didn't hear it through the grapevine. Super, amen. Now listen, how long had Jesus been the Christ, the Son of the living God? From the beginning. But Peter didn't know it. In fact, Peter was acquainted with Jesus. Peter was acquainted with the supernatural Jesus. He had seen Jesus heal the sick. He had seen Jesus do miracles. He had, in fact, when, when Peter was called of Jesus, it was a supernatural act and a supernatural way in which Peter was called. And in all of that... Our, Y'all need to hear what I'm saying. See, so, some of y'all think you have faith in God because you've seen God do a lot of great stuff. Listen, you could see God do a lot of great stuff and still not have a rhema, revelatory understanding of some of the things that God has. For I talked about it Sunday. It's Revelation is progressive. Amen. And we, we've, got to, we've got to be settled into that place where we're determined that we're going to see God for amen. That's why when we, you know, when Jesus said, when Jesus said, uh, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and everyone that seeks finds and everyone that knocks, the door is open to him. You know what? You, 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 when you started knocking, you should have never quit knocking. Just because he answered a time or two doesn't mean you've seen it all and know it all and heard it all and been through it all and done it all. Amen. I've had no less than three calls with three different people this week of people that got revelations that brought freedom and deliverance and liberty and victory to their lives. Amen. Heck, Anna wasn't even in the service. She called me today with a great testimony. And, and she, she told me this. She's telling me this testimony. She said, and, and I'm listening to her, and I'm like, man, that's what I preached. She said, and pastor, I wasn't in the service when you preached, but I listened to the recording, and when I heard the recording, I was like, that's exactly what I just went. She said, pastor, how could I have received that and experienced that and not even heard you? She said, normally, I hear you preach it, and then I receive it. I said, because Anna, God's up to something, and you don't need to, when God's up to doing something... See, we, when God's up to doing something, you may not have heard it preached, but you can enter into it because you followed the Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn to someone, tell them, get you a rhema. <laughs> so Jesus, Jesus told Peter. So Jesus told Peter. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, he said, what you got just now, Peter, is a, rev a revelation. You got you a rhema. This is a revelatory word. Flesh and blood didn't create this for you. Circumstances didn't create this for you. See, some of you think a big old fat check would solve all your problems. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Your problems aren't a lack of money. Your problem is that you don't have a rhema word from God. You don't have a place to hang your hat. You don't have nothing to stand on. Amen. Some of you think if I just had me a husband or if I just had me a wife. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, some of you tried that husband-wife stuff before. <laughs> if I just had me a boyfriend, if I just had me a girlfriend, if I, if, if I had some companionship, Come on now, isn't that what we, if I, you know what, if I just, if I just had a better job, if I just had a nicer car, if we just lived in a better neighborhood, if I just didn't have to worry about groceries. You know what, if I just had enough gas. If winter would come. If, if, we, if, we, if winter would come, we didn't have this heat wave. If I just didn't have to pay this electric bill. <laughs> and it wasn't green. <laughs> and I could speak Spanish to the pool guy. <laughs> are y'all are getting this? You see, that's, that's when you got a rhema, you don't, cast off, you don't cast off restraint. All of a sudden, you are tied to something that, that, that has been established before the foundation of the... The word of God has been... For, amen. It has always been and it forever will be. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Glory to God. We will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Bless God. Hallelujah. How can, how can you run around like a chicken with your head cut off when you establish that way? Amen. Boy, I'm excited. And so, amen. So, so Jesus said, Peter said, you're the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood hadn't revealed it to you. And then he says this, Peter, you are now going to be referred to as the rock. Ms. Rhonda likes that. <laughs> the rock. Peter was the rock before the rock was the rock. <laughs> the rock. From now on, you are the rock. And he said, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And let me tell you something. Jesus was not saying that, that the gates of hell weren't going to prevail against Peter because Peter was now the rock. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was this, Peter, this revelation that you have, amen, has established you. It has, amen, it has, it has planted you. You cannot any longer cast off restraint because you have this revelation. And so this is what he said to Peter. That's what made Peter the rock. He said this, and on this revelation. Now listen, if you say, was it the specific revelation? Was it the revelation of Jesus being the Christ, the son of the living God? Was it that specific revelation that, that, uh, that Jesus was saying he was going to build his church on? Listen, in, uh, partly yes. But I believe more, more than that, Jesus was saying this to Peter. 
to Peter and to his disciples. That spirit of revelation that you just functioned in, it's on that spirit of revelation that I'm going to build the church that the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against. Because when we, when we operate and function in that spirit of revelation, then the gates of hell will not prevail against you. It don't matter what the devil says. The devil can say anything he wants to say. You're not going to be moved. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. I think, I've, I think we've settled that. Amen. So do you all see that real good? Any questions concerning that? Now, it, some of you might be asking this question. How long does that take? However long it takes. You, listen, you've got to be committed to the journey. See, yeah, but what if bad stuff happens along the way? Then bad stuff happens along the way. It's not going to kill you. you. The devil's going to tell you you're going to die, but you ain't going to die. The devil trying to tell you you're going to lose everything, but you're not going to lose everything. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I have been poor. I have been broke. They have towed my cars away in repossession. They have taken our homes away in foreclosure. We have been, we have been through the fire, and we have been through the flood. We have been through times where we, Ted and I were so broke, we, we shared. We had to share food just to have one meal. We had to pull together what we had in the cabinets just to eat one meal. And we had that meal together. Listen, we, we wasn't poor. We was poor. Amen. That's right. But you know what? We didn't live. We didn't live by what, you know, by the natural. We lived by what we need. Do you know I believed the message of supernatural increase when we were in what most people consider to be poverty in the natural? I mean, we didn't have, we didn't have enough to, we didn't have enough money to pay attention. But you know what I wasn't doing? I wasn't dwelling on, I wasn't dwelling on the lie. I had a revelation. I had a revelation. So you know where I found, now listen, Annie, uh, Annie will get up and testify a different testimony. Because Annie would, Annie would sometimes listen to me and she'd be like, you're living in a dream world. You're not living in reality. I, 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 would, we, I would take her, I made her go look at houses. She didn't want to get out and look at these houses. They were houses that were way out of, I mean, these are houses that were way out of our price range. I mean, in the, in the natural, it didn't look like, not only did it look like we couldn't afford that house at the moment, it was, it was in a price range where our families had never lived in homes like that. We didn't know nobody that lived in homes like that. This was, this was like watching a television program. It was like watching Knott's Landing or, you know, or Dallas. Or, I mean, I'm going way back now. You know, something of that nature. Lifestyles of the rich. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't go into no shacks. Come on. I was hard, my, my unbelief was plenty big for a shack. I didn't need to go look for a shack. My unbelief was plenty big for a shack. But you know where, do you, do you know where my faith hadn't yet arrived where you know what kind of revelation I didn't have I didn't have a re have a revelation and now listen some of you are like oh no you're just talking about materialistic stuff no listen I was I was stretching my faith oh yeah you can't build muscle by lifting weights that don't put a strain on your muscles if you're going to build was that was that John <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't be pumping aluminum and thinking you're going to build muscle. 
You're, you're going to have to pump iron. Amen. You're going to have to take and lift something that, is, uh, that gives you a little bit of trouble. That puts up a little bit. Amen. You know what weights do? Weights put up resistance. The very thing that some of you think, some of you, see some of you being resisted right now. And instead of using your faith to deal with the resistance, you're just trying to avoid the resistance. Man, I am preaching whether y'all are shouting. Amen. Is it that, is it that warm in here? Yes, it is. <laughs> but preach anyway, right? <laughs> Come on now. See, that's, that's what way. weights put, and that's how you develop faith. If you're going to develop faith, you're going to have to face resistance and not run away from resistance. You're going to have to, you're going to have to move toward resistance and you're going to have to be determined that you're going to keep working at it until you can move that mountain in the name of Jesus. And so, you know what? We, I wasn't, we, our, our, faith, our faith was plenty big for duplexes. We lived in several. Our faith was plenty big for apartment. We had done that already. Our faith was plenty big for cheap houses and, and living in a $400, you know, $400 a month rent. In fact, that was what we thought. You know, when we got that $400 a month, we thought that was good. Oh, praise the Lord. God really bless us. No, we was living in a $400 shack. That wasn't the blessing. of We was living in a jacked up dump. But, but when the Lord started, when the Lord started pulling me out, you know what? I, I drive by a house and I felt, just felt in my spirit. You need to go look at that house. You know what? You know what my mind said? My mind said this. No, that, that's bigger than the Brady Bunch house. And I thought the Brady Bunch was rich. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I was, I was okay with Florida and, and, and uh, JJ and, and uh, <laughs> my, Michael and <laughs> Walona. <laughs> you know, I watched Chico and the Man. You understand what I'm saying? That was, yeah, I could relate to Chico and the Man. Yeah, Sanford is, yeah, I could relate to that. Can I, can I tell y'all something? This is how you, when you're Hispanic, when you grow up in a different culture, y'all know how it is. It's weird, you know. Y'all know, everybody grows up in a different culture. My, I went to, my mother took me to Long John Silver's. I thought I would, I just, I thought I went to the best seafood restaurant in the world. I, I thought I thought I was I, I thought I was experiencing, uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is this is I'm a man of the world now. I had some seafood. I went to the best seafood restaurant on planet Earth, Long John Silver's. We were sitting up in yeah, oh yeah. Listen, I sit up in that Long John Silver's, and my mom was like, "This is this like nothing you ever had before." She was right. <laughs> And because, you know, when you don't know no better, it's good. Man, I was eating that fish and it was so good. I'm like, mom, this is delicious. You know what I, I noticed? And this was, you know, back in the day, there wasn't no, there wasn't no brown people up in there. Except for me and my mama. 
And I'm, I mean, I'm looking at everything. I had never been at a restaurant. I, number one, we barely went to restaurants. Number two, I'd never been in a restaurant where there was anything sitting at the table like a sauce. You know, I saw the ketchup. I was familiar with that. I knew what the sugar was. You know what I'm saying? The salt, the pepper. But there was a bottle of this sauce on there. And I looked at it. It said malt vinegar. It said on there. I said, Mama, what's this? What's this? She said, no, that's white people put that on their fish. That's for white people. That's what you do when you grew up Hispanic back in the day. That's the kind of thing. We, we, we'd go to, we, I remember, we'd go to Cedar Point. <laughs> Cedar Point's an amusement park. When you drive to Cedar Point, you drive by this big giant, well, you drive by Lake Erie, huge lake uh, uh, there in Michigan. You're driving by Lake Erie, giant, it looks like an ocean. I used to think it was the ocean. I'd look out there, I'd say, which is that, the Atlantic or the Pacific? You know what I'm saying? I'd never been out of defiance. And we're driving by. Now, listen, I was, we were driving by there to go to a Cedar Point this last time we went. And as we're driving through, I was laughing. <laughs> was it with Nikki with us? It was <laughs> Nikki and Cherie and myself. And I was laughing because I remember driving through there and being like, ooh, you know, looking at all this stuff. And in our minds, everybody that lived in that area was rich and white. Because we associated rich and white. Because that's how we grew up. Now, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be crazy. I'm just telling y'all how I grew up. Uh, <laughs> we would go to the Cedar Point, and they had this uh, thing that, uh, what they call it, a sky, a sky uh, bridge or the sky, where, the, where you sit in these gondolas, and they take, it's like a ski lift. And you sit in them things, and it takes you up over the whole, uh, the whole, um, uh, amusement park and takes you clear to the other side and drops you off. You just sit in there and that, that, that gondola kind of, y'all know, know what I'm talking about? And uh, my mama used to tell us, she said, uh, I'm like, mom, I want to get on that. She's like, no, that's for the, that's for the rich people. <laughs> they would say, and that, these things was going through my mind. Uh, man, I'd look up at that thing. I'd be like, boy, it'd be nice to be rich. We wouldn't have to walk across the whole amusement park. Really what it was, she didn't want to stand in the line. Just to go across the amusement park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it costs extra. And we ain't doing that. You know, we, we would see people walk around with corn dogs. We was like, oh, they're rich. Because we didn't have no corn dogs. We, we brought a cooler with bologna and, and cheese and some mayonnaise and a couple loaves of bread. And we wrapped our cans of pop in foil to try to keep them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we, yeah, we was over there. And we, we slapped them sandwiches together, that cheese stick it to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> See, y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's, it's not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's not a Hispanic thing. It, it's the devil. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. That's, that's poverty mentality. That's the devil implanting thoughts in us, trying to keep us in a place that God never intended for us to be. And he'll try to make it a white thing, a black thing. A... Mom, can I have a corn dog? That's for the rich people. 
Man, I went, I bought me whatever I want. I went there, I went there this time, I had chicken, I had corn dogs. I, I was buying stuff just to throw it away. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm buying everything. I got, I got on that ride, I was like, take me again. That one that goes over there, take me around again. I, I got on there, went around three or four times. <laughs> it's funny how the enemy be trying to work on your brain. Trying to get you to believe that you got no business breaking out of broke. But some of y'all today, you're going to break up with broke. Amen. Thank God. <laughs> Somebody back there is getting it. Amen. <laughs> All right, praise God. Any, any question? Any, any, any question? Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, somebody's going to be like, wait, wait a minute. Okay, so um, is there a difference or are you limiting God if you're a non-materialistic person and don't desire certain things? Is that, does that coincide with poverty mentality? Is that a stronghold? There's, you got to find a way to activate your faith. And that, that's, that's what I was getting to. You know what? I didn't really necessarily desire to live in that big fancy house. But I stopped and we walked through that big fancy house because I felt like I, I felt like that the enemy was trying to keep me out of that house. When, when, when you feel like when, when it's some, when you're making a choice. Now, here's the thing. I can live. I can live. You know, right now, Annie and I, we could, if we wanted to, we could move into Galardia. But we don't. You know why? We don't want to live in Galardia. We could live in a gated net. We could actually we could live pretty almost nearly now not ever, not anywhere we wanted, but nearly any place we wanted to live. We could live there if that's if that's what we want. But we don't. We live in a a, a fairly modest home uh, over in uh, Fenwick. You know, it's not a, you know for some people. You know, I, my pastor's wife came over to my house, Mrs. T. When they came into town one time, they came into my house. My house is very modest home. She came in. She's like. Oh, this is like the house of a movie star. I was laughing at her. I'm like, Mrs. T. I said, we got like a 2,700 square foot home. This is not the house of a movie star. <laughs> but you know what? For her, I mean, it's the biggest thing she'd ever seen. I mean, Long John Silver's was the best seafood she, you know what I'm saying? We took her to the Crab Shack. She thought, my God, this is where the rich people are. Imagine if we'd have taken her to mahogany. Something like that. They roll out there and say, we have a special Australian lobster tail. You get a two-pound lobster tail for $250. Heck, we went to mahogany the other day. That's like, uh, we have a special Wagyu. I can't remember how many ounces. Was it six-ounce Wagyu or seven-ounce Wagyu from Japan? And for uh, $399 for, for, for the steak. $399.
I didn't get that steak because it's got too. I mean, I like fat, but not, not that much. Anyway. <clears throat> but what you got, what you've got to do is you've got to look into your heart and you've got to see what's working in. So when, if, if you're, if, 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 if you're looking for increase or you're looking for God to increase you and you find that you're, you're, you're where you're at because you don't feel like you belong someplace else. Like you look at, you go to a neighborhood, you go around a certain group of people. Uh, one time I went with my mother to um, 50 Pen Place uh, when a store called Orbox was there. And um, my mother said, I want to I go uh, look around. I want to try to find something to wear to church. I was like, you're going to shop at 50 Pen Place. I'm like, Mom, you, you work at a sewing, you, you're a sewing machine lady. She, I knew she didn't have no one. What she was going to do is she'd go look at the clothing and then she'd go home and make it. That's my mother. She's a seamstress. But we, we were looking and she's, she said, we went into the store, men's store, and she said, look at this coat. And I was like, oh, it's a, that, that's, wow. I felt of it. I'd never felt anything like it. She said, that's mohair. I said, whose hair? She, <laughs> she said, that's mohair. She said, I'll bet this is very expensive. Well, we couldn't find the... You know, when, when, when you go into a shop like that, they hide the price tags from you. They don't want you to know what it costs. And so I'm hunting around for the price tag. Fella comes over and he says, can I help you? I, I said, well, no, not really. We, I'm here with my mother. We just came to look around. And he, he knew right. Listen, you put it, when you, when, you, when you broke and got a poverty mentality, you put off the vibe. People know straightway. And so he just, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I didn't feel like I belonged there, especially after I saw that that coat was $3,500 just for the coat. I was like, does, does it come with anything else, Mom? It's just the jacket. It was just a sport coat, a sport coat. A sport. Man, I went to Mr. Uli's one time. I was looking for a top coat. I said, ah, I need a top coat. Oh, well, yeah, we can get you one of the. They brought three different top coats out. Same man had bought all three of these top coats. He said, here's these top coats. We can have it made in your size. Just take about, you know, a month. You know, month we'll, we'll measure you up. We'll have it made for you. I said, man, well, how much, how much would that run me? She says, oh, it's only like 13. I was like, oh, man, 1,300. That's not bad. She said, no, 13,000 for a coat. $13,000, Derek, for a coat. That was, you know what? At that time, that, that's beyond my choking pool. She said 13000 I was like, eh. I mean, in my mind, that's a motorcycle. That's a, you know, that's a car. That's a, you know, that's something of that nature. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. That's what some of y'all are thinking too. You're not thinking code. You're thinking, you're, you're, you're thinking pay something off, you know. That's what you're thinking. I'm pay something off. That's what I'm going to do. But here's the thing. If, if in your heart and if, if, if what's working in you is, that's, you don't belong there. That's what you have to work on. And so here, here's, here's the thing that I was thinking. I was thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. I'm going I'm to put my faith out there for house. And you know what? If I find that I don't want it, I'll sell it. Yeah. And I'll live where I want to live. But I'm not going to let the devil keep me out of any place. 
I'm going to have whatever I want to have. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to drive whatever I want to drive. I don't care if it gets two miles to the gallon. I can afford the, I ain't going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be all, well, you know, we got to get something economical, these gas prices. I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to live. I'm not going to let money tell me where I'm going to live. I'm going to dictate to my money what I'm going to do. And, and that's going to be, and God's going to dictate that. So, you know what? I, I called in a boat. You know what I found out? I didn't want a boat. I, but I called it in. I had it f- free and clear. Got me a bass boat, the exact one I wanted. The Lord brought me that bass boat. And, and the first time we had to winterize it, I'm like, Ted, let's sell that boat. And we sold that sucker, didn't we, Ted? We sold it. And that never, you know what? I never got another boat. Not, not, a, not a big one. You know why? I don't want a boat. They're too much trouble. Got rid of it. Too much, too much maintenance. You have to spend too much time with them. So, but, but here's the thing. I wasn't going to let the enemy keep me from something that I thought I wanted, something that I desired, something that he said, you can't have that. That's for rich people. You can't have that. Who do you think you are coming up in? You can't have that. You can't dress that way. You can't spend that much. It's it's only materialism when you're trying to fill a void with money that only God can fill. Because I'm not materialistic. But you know what? Nothing's going to keep me from having anything that I desire. Amen. Amen. Listen, amen, like a tremor or whatever. Man, I've, I've driven any, kind, any car I wanted. I've had it. And now I'm driving a, a truck, a pickup truck, and probably will from now on. I should have bought one years ago. Oh, yeah. I was trying to go fast instead. <laughs> but, you, but you know, the, the, you, you're, that car, that car you, can't, you, can't, you can't let a car... Uh, be what makes you who you are. You can't think, if, miss, many of you get in a, a different car and now all of a sudden you think of yourself more highly than what you ought to. Listen, your mind shouldn't change about who you are depending on what kind of car you drive. You ought to be the same person driving a Chevette or driving a, or driving a Rolls Royce. But your heart, your heart ought to be this way. The enemy's not going to keep me from anything. If the Lord said I can have it, I'm going to receive it in the name of Jesus. Does that make, does that make sense? So it, it, all ha- it all has to do with what's, what's working in you. And so when we went in that house, what was working in me, in my mind, my mind is saying, you, 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 you don't even belong in this neighborhood. So I went and looked at that house. I got the paper out. I talked to the realtor. Annie is uncomfortable. She's like, what are, we, what are you doing? We can't afford, every time the realtor would leave, she's like, we got to get out of here. We can't afford this house. I was like, baby, we got to look. Just look. Just settle, settle in. Just look. This, this could be yours. If this is where you want to live, if this is where you want to live, this is where you can live. That's got to get out of our hearts. That we don't belong. We go, we go on the BMW dealership. Man, them salespeople would all but tell us, y'all don't belong here. My mind would tell me I don't belong here. I'd drag Ted over there. They'd look at Ted. They're like, he don't belong here. When we sat in that Rolls Royce. Go ahead, 
Ted was dressed just like he's dressed right now. Ted went into that Rolls Royce dealer dressed just like this. He don't look like a Rolls Royce driver dressed like that. Heck, I went in similar to this. Took a Mercedes Benz in to get, it, to get the, the, the thing serviced. Saw that Rolls Royce. I said, Ted, there's, there's that Rolls Royce you think so much about. I said, you want, you want to go sit in it? Man, before anybody could come stop us, we were off. One door was unlocked. Ted unlocked the rest of the doors. Ted plopped himself down in the driver's seat. Man, that salesman came running. Can I help you fellas? I said, yeah, my car's in here for service. We just came to check this one out. My friend might, he might be picking one up. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. He don't know yet. He hadn't even sat in one yet, so we're not. Well, if you fellas need anything, you know, he thought we was crazy. Yeah, Ted. Ted drive a Rolls Royce off. Hey, can y'all put a hitch on it before I go? I need a trailer hitch. Can you wire it up for a trailer? <laughs> no, we sat in that. We listen. We sat in that Rolls Royce. Do you know? Do you know how you feel when you listen? Some of you all. You have to identify. Some of you all so broken you couldn't even sit in a Rolls. You couldn't sit in a Rolls Royce without beating the crud out of yourself. Some of you won't get out there because it makes you feel. But guess what? You got to get over feeling bad. You got to get over that. That's your, that, that is your obstacle. That is what is keeping you. That's what's keeping you out. If, if in that condition you end up with a Rolls Royce, that Rolls Royce ain't going to make you feel no better. Go ahead, man. You're going to drive around in that Rolls Royce. You're going to look down your nose at people. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna act. You're going you're gonna to walk like you got a stick in your backside. That's, that's not good. You sure aren't going to bring glory and honor to God. See, some of you haven't, haven't identified yet that poverty is not a money problem. Poverty is not a money problem. You know what poverty mostly is? Poverty is mostly a self-esteem problem. That's right. We need to understand who we are. You don't know who you are. You, you too wrapped up in you to, to really know who you are in Christ. And because of that, you you consider yourself low and you beat the crud out of yourself and you don't realize that you're playing right into the hands of the devil. And as long as you keep doing that, nothing's going to change. You get a barrel of money and that's not going to change it. You know why? Because that barrel of money is going to go in the same hole all your other money's going into. Trying to fill that inadequacy and that, that, that poor self-esteem that poor mindset of, that you have of yourself, all you pour all that in there and it does nothing to help you. I am on it, big time. <clears throat> you know what? We ended up living in a house that cost more than that house that we went and visited. We moved into a neighborhood that was 10 times the neighborhood that that other house was. We lived there. Guess what? That's why we don't live in the neighborhood like that no more. 
<laughs> it's too much maintenance. Too much, it took too much time. It occupied too much of my time. I had to think too much about, and my neighbors, they were jerks. No. No, I, you know, I, I was like, Andy, I, I'm done with this. We ain't doing this. We ain't doing we, we went and we found us a house and we found us a place where, but here's the thing. We knew that if we wanted something more, we could have it. But, that's, but we got what we wanted. We got what we wanted. Amen. Amen. Listen, y'all have seen me. Y'all have seen me drive the fanciest cars. And you see, I pulled up here in an Acadia. Y'all was like, Pastor, what you doing in an Acadia? Well, I wanted it. I wanted it. I remember when I got rid of the Porsche and pulled up in a in a Yukon. <laughs> remember when I the worship team? Remember? I sent them a picture. I said, "Y'all like these wheels on this truck?" Yeah, yeah. Who's what's the truck? I, I traded in my Porsche. What? Yeah. Gabe looked at me. Dad, he said, "Dad, that was stupid." Dad, I think that's the stupidest thing you've ever done. That's what he told me. He said, "Dad, that I think that's it. You traded a Porsche." On a, on a GMC Yukon, and it's not a Denali, it's a cheap Yukon. I said, well, I felt like I needed the Yukon. I need to haul some different stuff around. I said, that Porsche was too small. You know what? My mindset didn't change. When I, when I bought a Porsche, I didn't roll up in here like... Y'all didn't see me, y'all didn't see me lingering at my car as I got out and stretched, <sighs> take off my driving gloves, <laughs> slip off my driving shoes, put on my, oh my, God. Oh my God. see some people, some people that it's a lifestyle, man, that was a car to get me from point A to point B. I just wanted one that was nice and fast. And it was. It, I wanted. That's what I wanted. I got it. It didn't make me. It didn't make me better. It made me faster. <laughs> Just ask Ted. So what? What? What we're working out here? Qualifying for supernatural increase. You got to work those things out. Well, you know how you work those things out by addressing them. See, some people, they come to Winter's Church, they're like, man, I felt so much better about myself before I started coming to this church. Yeah, because you never faced the resistance. You never faced the, re you ran from it. You ran from the resistance. You kept trying to find places that were more comfortable. You didn't work yourself to exhaustion so you could build your faith muscles. But here, you're, you're, you're getting confronted with the Word of God, and you're being challenged to live in a different place. You know what? So believe God, believe God for something, even if you, maybe you don't even want it. Maybe that's better. Maybe that's better that you don't really want it. But Lord, I'm trying to work my faith here. So God, I'm going to trust you for, I'm trust you for something. I'm going to flip it. I'm just going to flip it. <laughs> I'm going to buy it and I'm going to flip it. <laughs> Dude, I bought, a, I bought, when I bought that Mercedes Benz, I bought a Mercedes Benz car. I thought I was going to love it. I had it for a couple months. It was a brand new model. They did, nobody had them. And I hated it. I hated it. I was like, Lord, I messed up. I hate this car. I was like, I'm going to get rid of it. That's when I got the Acadia. I had that car for 
Brandon and I had that car for three months. I went over to the, I went over to the, uh, what is it, Katie, a GMC? Yeah. I went over there to GMC, Howard GMC over on uh, Broadway Extension. I pulled up in that Mercedes Benz. That salesperson came over. I said, I want to look at an Acadia. He's like, all right. He says, well, you want to look at the fancy one? I said, I want the base, base model. I, I said, I want the base model Acadia. I said, I, he said, you got to trade? I said, that Mercedes Benz. He said, you're going to trade that Mercedes on an Acadia? I said, that's the plan. He said, how long have you had that Mercedes? I said, three months. He said, you know you're going to lose money on it. I said, I ain't losing nothing. I said, y'all are going to give me a lot of money for that car. <laughs> he was like, oh, no. Another man comes out the door. While I'm standing, I haven't even looked at the Acadia yet. Another man comes out the door. He says, sir, can I? He's dressed nicer than this sales guy. Suit and tie. Sir, can I help you? you uh, do I need to help you? With, uh, yes, sir. I said, I want to trade that Mercedes on an Acadia. He said, we don't have any real nice Acadias. I said, I want a base model. He said, you're going to trade a Mercedes on an Acadia? Listen, when, when, you, when you live in by faith in the word of God, people can't figure you out. People can't figure you out. When you can do whatever you want to do. I'll go ahead now. Oh, yeah. Notice how when you get a car and they give you a loaner, they try to give you a nicer car because they're trying to woo you. into it. See, that don't even work with me. They put me in a nicer car, and I'm like, I'm on my other car. That's why I bought it. I like that other car. If I wanted this car, I'd have bought it. Go ahead, man. They're like, you don't even like it? Man, nowadays I bought cars. In fact, this truck, this truck I just bought, that's all. Am I going on too much here? Oh, am, I, no. am I going on? No. Am I going on too much with this? No. Annie? Do I, need to cut, do I need to cut this subject? <laughs> she ain't going to say I'm watching, I'm watching you. That, that truck out there? That's, a, that's the only truck that they called me up and said, how you like it? I said, man, I really like it. Man, the, probably the past seven cars I bought, I'm like, well, that's okay. They're like, really, you're not satisfied? I said, well, that's what I expected. I said, it's a car. You know, they don't know how to respond to that. They don't know how to respond when you're like, it's the best thing that's happened to me in my whole life. <laughs> when, you, when you don't want to take a picture with your car, they're like, let's take a picture. I'm like, why? I didn't build it. <laughs> I mean, if I had built it, I'd have something to be proud of. I bought it. <laughs> how can you be proud of something you bought? You didn't even make it. People tell me, that's a nice truck. I'm like, man, it sure is. Those guys that made this truck, they did a fantastic job. They're like, you must be proud. I'm like, proud of what? I mean, I bought it. You can have one too if you want. Well, I mean, what's there to be proud of? It don't make me no different. That guy, that guy says, he says, you're going to trade that Mercedes on an Acadia? I said, yes, sir. He goes, I mean, if you really want to, he said, uh, he said, I'm general manager. He shook my hand. He's general manager of the whole lot. He said, uh, I tell you what, he said, uh, we're not even going to put that through the, he said, uh, what do you want for it? He said, I'll buy it from you. 
He said, I've been looking at that car, and I'll buy it from you. You know, he bought it for, he bought it, I'd had it for three months. He bought it from me for 2000 more than what I paid for it. $2,000. He gave me $2,000 more than what I paid for it. And then gave me, gave me a whole bunch of money off the Acadia. Thank God. Amen. So sometimes you're going to buy stuff, just flip it. Just get it to say, I get it. The devil says, you can't have that. Be like, in the name of Jesus, glory to God. Hallelujah. You don't have to start big. If you don't have a, if you don't have a coffee table, start with that. I mean, if you're living with a dirt floor, start with a floor. <laughs> believe God for a floor. Amen. Then believe God for a table to put on that floor. Amen. Then believe God for a vase to put on that table. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. Then believe God for a kitchen table. Yeah. Then believe God for a dining room table. Amen. Then believe God for a chandelier. You, know, you understand? Yeah. Believe him for a chandelier before you believe him for a mansion. Work your faith. Amen. Amen. Yes. That yes. That's right. You you got to work your way. You got to work your faith. Face the resistance. Amen. All right. I I've, I've, I've told y'all plenty there. Now let's get started. <laughs> Any other questions about that? Any other questions? You you have to resist the temptation of hearing this like it's I'm I'm saying you just got to get stuff that's this the stuff is just a catalyst a way to develop your faith it's a tool to develop your faith it's a tool to develop your faith heck if you don't want to believe God for something for yourself believe God for something for somebody else you know uh, every now and again I'll see something I desire if you want to believe God for something I'll, I, I saw something today that I desire. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. You, let me, you just let me know. You can get to desiring it and, and uh, working your faith with me. <laughs> I haven't even got my faith on it yet, but if you want to work your faith, I'll give it to you and let you, let you have at it. Amen. <laughs> All right, can, can we read this? Let's at least get through part of this. Um, so th this will connect what we've said I pray this will connect what we've said. Uh, Galatians chapter, well, we read this uh, last week. Galatians chapter 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap life, uh, eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And then Luke 13, verse 18, 19, he said, there, he said therefore, what is the kingdom of God like and to what shall I compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed a man took and sowed in his garden and it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air uh, made nests uh, in his branches. So remember we talked about the parable of the sower, Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 1 through 8, Mark 4, verses 1 through 9, and Luke 8, uh, 4 through 8. So let's read uh, out of the book of Luke, Luke 8, uh, 4 through 8. And a great crowd came together, and those in each city coming to him, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. 
and some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right, so here's what we established last week. Are y'all still with me? I promise I'm, I'm almost through here. We're just going to, I'm just going to share this with you because it goes with what we said here today. So Jesus noticed that he, he shared this parable in the proper time when a bunch of people could hear it. He wanted this to be heard. He wanted this parable to be. So when he saw a great crowd coming together, the Bible said, when that great crowd came together. So Jesus saw the opportunity to speak this parable. So Jesus uh, said this when lots of people were together uh, to hear him expound on the word. And so we'll see that Jesus saying this parable, he wanted to make those that were coming uh, to hear him, to hear the word and to understand that there were choices available to them. I, th this is what I want y'all to leave here understand, understanding today. There are choices that are available to you of how the word is going to affect your life. So, the seed, we, we established this, the seed is what? The seed is what? The seed is the word of God. Not the logos, the rhema, the revelatory word. The seed is the word of God. When you're motivated by the seed, by that word, by that revelatory word, that's what the gates of hell can't prevail against. That's what Jesus was telling Peter. So when you, that, that's, that's what constrains you to say. That's when you get a revelatory word, you're not searching around, well, I wonder if that's right. No, you know it's right. You, you, you marry yourself to it. You tie yourself to it. You establish your life upon it. You, you dwell there. You live there. You don't, you, you're, you're not moved by anything when you come to that place. So, uh, so in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 5, the sower went out to sow his seed. And when he sowed, some self fell by the wayside. And the Bible says it was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it. So some of the seed that was sown fell by the wayside. So it didn't spring up and it didn't give any fruit, but it was trampled down. It was eaten by the birds. So Jesus explained this part of the parable uh, in another part of the verse, look at uh, Luke 8, 11 and 12. Uh, now the parable is this, Jesus said, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are, look what it says, the ones who, now pay attention, the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Also in, in Matthew chapter a 13 verse 19, Jesus explains this part again. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Not only does this verse of scripture, ooh, please listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you, you got to hear this. Notice that Jesus in this uh, not, uh, 13th uh, chapter of the book of Matthew, verse 19, 
says something a little bit different, and it, and it brings some revelation. So in that first one, Luke's, in, in Luke's gospel, uh, it talks about the, uh, the seed is the word of God. And the, ones, the, the, uh, the, the wayside are those who hear it, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Says the same thing in, in Matthew. Um, anyone that hears the word does not understand it. The wicked one, one comes and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. So here's the two things that are revealed in Jesus' explanation. The word is, the, the seed is what? The soil is what? Your heart. The seed is the word. And the soil that the, the way that the, the, the parable is talking about is the hearts of men. Do you see that? So the seed is the word of God. The soil is the hearts of men. That's what that parable is talking about. So when it's talking about the seed was sown into soil, how many different kinds of soil were there? Do you remember? Four different kinds of soil. In other words, there are lots of different ways that the... The seed can produce the same thing, or if you, let me, let me ask you this. If you sow an apple seed, will that produce potatoes? No. Will it produce carrots? No. Will it produce watermelon? No. What's an apple seed going to produce? Apple. Now, how that seed springs forth is not dependent on the seed. It's dependent on the soil. Oh, I'm going to drop this mic. So, so see, some of us were like, why doesn't it work for me? Why does this work for pastor this way, but it, only, it works for me this other way? It's not the seed. It's the soil. Come on, somebody. See, that, that's, why, that's why I'm trying to teach this to y'all here tonight, is that we, we, think, we think that the harvest is seed dependent. The harvest is not seed dependent. The harvest is soil dependent. If your seed keeps, if your seed keeps being planted and getting choked out, there's something wrong with the soil. And something has to be done with the soil of your heart. Your harvest isn't dependent upon the soil of your pastor's heart. It isn't dependent on the soil of your Sunday school teacher's heart. It isn't dependent upon the soil of the evangelist's heart. It's dependent upon the soil. That's why we can see so many people in the body of Christ. that hear the, You know what? Here's, what? here's what we do. Well, I tried it and it didn't work. No, listen, it worked. It worked just like Jesus said it would. Some fell by the wayside. Some, some, some fell on good ground. Some got choked out by the weeds. It happened exactly like Jesus said. The seed produced according to the soil it was introduced to. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Now, I know some of you are like, well, what does that say about the soil of my life? Yeah. Folks, listen to me. You, you got you to quit moping around about the... Quit moping around. How in the world do you expect... 
to come out of your circumstances if all you're going to do is mope around about the condition of your heart. Only you can change the condition of the soil of your life. And guess what? Already in your life it's been proven that if you keep going the way that you're going, you can keep expecting more of the same. But if you will be determined that you're going to change things and that things are going to turn around and you're going to come out of that place where you've been, then the devil can't stop you. The world can't stop you. Glory to God. I can't stop you. There, there are no limits. No limits. Hallelujah. So let me read you something here. According to the above passages, the seed that is sowed is the word of God or the word of the kingdom. However, the word does not give everywhere the same results since its fruitfulness depends on on the ground where it falls. <sighs> One of the possible kinds of ground uh, is by the wayside ground, which according to the interpretation of the parable is composed of people that though they hear the word of God, they don't understand it. And it's, it doesn't mean that they didn't get, a, they didn't reach a place of mental ascent. It doesn't mean that they didn't get it in their heads. When you, when you see it in context, Jesus, what, because Jesus, what did he, what, what did he, uh, uh, amen. What did he say at the end of the parable? Let him that has an ear to hear, hear. Isn't that what it says? Amen. So it's not talking about hearing and understanding in the natural. It's talking about getting a revelatory word coming to an understanding by the Spirit. So there's, there's a lot of, there's six times in Scripture where the Greek word for that uh, Understand is used. I can't. Uh, uh, Sunemi, or I think is the Greek. I can't. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. But, but that Greek word is used six times in Matthew chapter thirteen, five of which are in regard to this parable. So Matthew thirteen thirteen, seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand, which is that Greek word, and in them and in those that seeing do not see and hearing they don't understand. The prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, which is that same Greek word, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For this is the reason that they don't understand, though they hear, this people's heart has become calloused. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Say, understand in their hearts. That's your spirit. That's, the, that's your spirit. That's revelation. That's revelation. Amen. 
Church, you, you got to work to get out of the flesh. Now, I know, I know, I, I, I could tell y'all are with me. I could tell y'all are with me here today. Boy, we are tracking today. You got to resist the temptation. It's, it's, you know what? It becomes easy, easier when we gather together like this and this word is, pre when I'm preaching this stuff to y'all and we're talking and we're in fellowship and we're talking about this, man, y'all are just like, bing, bing, bing. I mean, it, you're like ricochet rabbit. Uh, I mean, you, it, you're, you're in there. But man, when you get outside of these four walls and you walk in the house and there's that stack of mail sitting there, late, cut off notice, Sticker on your car. <laughs> One of them ones you can't get off easy. <laughs> you know, that's where, some, that's where some people find themselves. You came home one day. Your wife left you and took everything. You came home to an empty house. No, we, 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 we struggle with what we've gone through in life. But you know what? You're not where you used to be. You're not who you used to be. You're not what you used to be. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's believe God. Let's believe God to get. We're in that season. We're in that time. You know, when the, when the enemy started coming after me and he would tell me stuff like, you're going to lose it all. I'm like, oh, I ain't, I ain't losing it all. You got stuff. You got, I got stuff you can't take away. You didn't give it. You can't take it away. I wish Michael Salazar was here today. I remember when Michael Salazar going through difficult financial uh, times. And there was a time when they were selling things because they had to sell them. They had to, they had to sell them. You know, Michael Salazar, you know, God, God's blessed the stink out of him. And, you know, now he, he's, he's got an airplane. He, he and his father in a partnership on an airplane. And he owned my airplane. And and, uh, the, you know, the Lord, Lord certainly blessed them financially at different times in their life. And they're walking, they're walking examples of the blessing of the Lord and, and how God will bring you out. But they, there were some things they went through. I remember Michael, and I didn't know this until much later. Michael never said a word to anyone. He just continued to believe the word of God. But there was a time when Michael was at church over when we were on Western. In fact, Derek and Tabitha were uh, with us at that, at, during this time. And Michael and Twyla were going, through, listen, I'm, I'm talking about, they were going through the ringer. I, I know some of you, you, you think you, you got it bad. Mike, Michael and Twyla, they, everything appeared good in the natural. They were living in a gated neighborhood, driving around in the nicest cars you ever saw, but they couldn't afford to put gas in their cars. And there's a woman that was at our church, and she had come. She was a visitor, and when she gave an offering, a 20 had gotten dislodged from her, from her wallet. And as she walked to the back, close to the soundboard, the 20 fell out of her purse and onto the floor. Get this. 
Michael and Twyla were in such a bad way financially that when Michael saw that 20 drop to the ground, he was like, man, I really need that 20. And he picked it up. And he said he was so tempted in that moment to take that 20 because they, need, they, needed, they needed it for gas in their car. And everybody around them looking at them like they got it all. And he was like, we were broke. Nothing. And we were trusting God. He said, it took everything in me to tap that lady on the shoulder and say, hey, sister, you dropped this $20. And he gave her that $20. You know, a lot of times we can, we can fool ourselves into believing that we're the only ones who have been through any of this. Go ahead, the reality is, is that some people, some people, not only have they gone through it, but some people have been through much worse. And when, you, when you've been to that place, here's what you understand. Stuff doesn't mean a thing. It, it don't mean a thing. Stuff, I use stuff to build faith and, and, and whatnot. And, there, and if you can have stuff and have a good time, you know, I bought a side-by-side. -side. I love riding that thing around. We just went and rode that around last weekend, and, and uh, we had a great time. And You know, th that, there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but when the devil comes out, I'm going to take all your stuff. I'll be like, and? I've been without stuff. I mean, you think you're going to take it, but you ain't taking it. And, and you know what? If, if by some strange reason you end up with it, so what? I've been there before. I've, I've had nothing. And guess what? Uh, Jesus didn't leave me. As long as I have him, I have everything that I need. Here's the deal. If he did it for me once, he'll do it again. If he brought me out one time, he'll bring me out a second time. I mean, that's, that's, our, that's our God. Our God is able. Our God is able. Amen. Any, any last questions? We'll, we'll finish up with that. Any, oh, see, I did good. Uh, any last questions? Did that help anybody here today? Wonderful. Wonderful. You got to keep your heart right. Listen, the minute, you, the minute you're down in the mouth, it's, it's very simple. That has nothing to do with God. Where you're at has nothing to do with... You can, in, that, in that state, you cannot please God. And if you can't please God in that state, you know what? You're not doing yourself or anybody else a bit of good. The only thing you're doing is playing into the hands of the enemy. So you know what? You have to resist the devil. You have to resist the devil. You have to resist the devil. Now, you call me and I'll pray for you and whatnot... And I'll, I'll believe God with you. But you know what? The Bible says you've got to submit yourself under the hand of God. And you've got to resist the devil. Uh, all of my praying can only help. All of, all of Brandon's praying can only help. But you've got to resist it. Cherie gave me a testimony this week. She, went, she was at uh, Whitewater. I didn't even know Whitewater was still open. But she was at Whitewater. Went down a slide and... Uh, took a tumble uh, of the wrong way <laughs> and uh, busted her head and messed up her wrist, messed up her hand. She thought she broke her hand, broke her wrist. She said she, yeah, she, she, said she is in so much pain. It was swollen and she was in so much pain. She's like, Lord, I'm trusting you. You know what the devil was saying? Girl, you, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to work. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. 
she held on to the word of God. She kept hanging on to the word of God. She did call her doctor, make an appointment to go to the doctor. But uh, they were at prayer on Monday. And you know what the Lord said to her? Call up Michael and Twyla and have them come pray for you. For some reason, Twyla couldn't make it, but Michael ran over here, and he came, and he laid hands on her and agreed with her, and he said, Lord, by this time, what did he say? In the morning. In the morning, when she wakes up, Lord, let it be this way and thus, and so, and guess what? In the morning, when she woke up, it was just like they had declared. She went into the doctor's office today, and she said, uh, she, she, in fact, she went into the doctor's office because the lady uh, asked her to pray for her or something on the phone. So Cherie, she wasn't going to go to see the doctor no more. She had received a healing, but she went to the appointment anyhow, just so that she could tell the lady, hey, I don't need the appointment. I received my healing, but you need to come to Winter's Church. And she invited her to church. And, and, but you know, but here's the deal. You know, the devil will try to get you down in the mouth. Everybody's always talking about healing, and, and man, I got my arm, and it really hurts, and man. Oh, Sophia, girl. And she's like, you're not Cherie Carolyn. You're not Cherie Carolyn. She did, she did. She's like, I don't know Carolyn that good. Man, I'm telling you. She could be used as a she could be used as a weapon, that little girl. She is stout, boy. She is stout. <laughs> you can toss her at a bad guy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, she'd be she she'll grow up and protect them boys, is what's gonna happen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So you gotta you gotta resist the temptation of letting the enemy steal your joy. The devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your stuff. Amen. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep you. Say, how do you, how do you, how do you keep your joy? Ha ha ha. Amen. You work at it. Glory to God. All right, any other? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank God. Healing room. Any 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 other questions? Or are we done? Are we good? How many of you want to agree in prayer together that God is going to work these things in you like he's worked in many others? Amen. Father, we come into agreement right now. Lord, we're stepping out of the land of barely enough, moving into the land of more than enough. Lord, we're, we're breaking down barriers, tearing down walls. Lord, we thank you that old mindsets and poverty thinking is going to be a thing of the past for those that are in this house in the name of Jesus. We're not going to allow money or the devil or other people to keep us, God, from entering places and doing things, Lord, and having the things that you desire for us to have. God, it's, it, Lord, we, we, some, some things we don't even know whether we want it or not. We've never had it, but we were, we were lied to, made to believe that we couldn't have anything in this life. But, Lord, we refuse to settle uh, for anything less than the fulfillment of your promises in our life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor. We give you praise. We, 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 there's no, there's, we don't have enough words to express our thanks unto you, God. So in Jesus' name, we give you glory. And everybody that believed it said amen. amen. Joe and Jess, will you come up here right quick? Praise the Lord. Praise God.
What a good, good message, huh? <laughs> really stirred me up. Um, I know not everyone got a cupcake, maybe, but for those of you who did have a cupcake, and I know your mind is on all that Pastor Ziggy saying, but if you remember, do, do you know what color the sprinkles were? What color were the sprinkles on the cupcake? They're blue. <laughs> Which means we're having a boy. <laughs> so if you didn't get one, there's definitely a bunch there. So go ahead and enjoy and celebrate with us. That's... That's a good gender reveal there. Gonna be a boy. That's awesome. All right. All right, y'all. Listen, we're back here uh, Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Even though we have revival in Kanawha on Sunday, I will be here Sunday morning. And so uh, I'll go to Kanawha on Sunday night. We'll start out at Kanawha Sunday night and uh, be there till Wednesday. Uh, but also Friday night is, what are we doing this Friday? Bricktown? Oh, it's the neighborhood. That's right. Awesome. Yeah, come help us uh, canvas the neighborhood, and then uh, 7 o'clock? Yes. 7 o'clock here at the church, and then Saturday, don't forget the outreach. What time does the back-to-school bash start? 6 o'clock? Be here 5 o'clock? You need to be here at 5 o'clock if you're helping. If, you, if you're not helping or you don't, haven't got a place to help, you haven't uh, signed up or you've not been assigned anything, uh, come anyway. We'll, we'll find something for you. Those, there's always plenty to do. 